0: Hi, welcome to Scattered. We're a group of friends from the same church who are serving God in different countries. And we're meeting online to chat through books of the Bible, chapter by chapter. We'd love you to join us.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Scattered. We are in Luke's Gospel again this week. Uh, We started last week looking at the Christmas narrative and we looked at how the angel Gabriel announced John the Baptist's birth and how that came to be. And this week we're in chapter 1 verses 26 to 38 and we're going to look at the announcement of Jesus's birth to Mary. The passage begins with in the sixth month, um, which kind of links back to what we were looking at last week, referring to the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Um, And this is the first time we meet Mary. So... As a way of getting into this narrative, guys, um, I thought it would be good because this is like just after the visitation of Zechariah. I thought it'd be good to kind of compare and contrast the two visitations just to kind of get into the story a bit. Um, Yeah. How is this one kind of different and how is it the same as what we looked at? last week. Let's kind of tell the story as we
2: go. So with Zechariah, we got some background to um, who he was and, and here also we get some background to who Mary is and we find out that she uh, is living in the city of Galilee in a place called Nazareth and this is the first time we hear about Nazareth. It's not really mentioned in the Old Testament, Testament at all um, so it's like a pretty unremarkable place but we hear also that she is a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was joseph and he's from the house of david that's a that's a big deal we're we're already hearing if we know our history we know that king david one of his heirs will uh, be an everlasting king
0: the good contrast there is with zachariah who so mary sort of an insignificant nobody who lives in a nowhere place and Zachariah was a priest and the angel met with him in the temple which was a very prominent place so that seems to be the first contrast to me that Mary's a young girl in a Nazareth where's that and he was a priest fulfilling a really important job in the temple. Mm. Yeah she
3: was really ordinary wasn't she and she was really young like some of the stuff I read said she was I mean traditionally we think of her as about 16 but I read a few things that said she probably would have been closer to 30 because around about 12 was when girls became betrothed and it was usually their marriage was sort of consummated and became official when they were about 13 and so it's, it's actually building up to be quite a scandalous, it's building the picture isn't it, setting the scene for quite a scandalous pregnancy.
1: And what about Nazareth? Like, do we know much about Nazareth? Is it an important place? It says here that it's a um, a town in Galilee. Did any of you read up about that?
2: Yeah, so this place, nazareth is not mentioned in the old testament it's not mentioned in the septuagint and it's not mentioned in any like additional uh scriptural sources so it's this is a first mention that it has and as far as we know it's not very significant
1: yeah cool okay so that's so that's a bit about mary a bit about um nazareth so we get this angel appearing um again we've heard of Gabriel already, haven't we? Tell me a bit more about him and what he says and why it's significant.
3: Well, Gabriel's one of two named angels in the Bible, isn't he? So there's Michael and then there's Gabriel. And Gabriel tends to be more um, God's, a supreme messenger, I guess, of God who brought great um, and crucial and often glorious announcements um because he delivered he's the angel who delivered the pronouncement to daniel his visions um back in daniel chapter nine the pronouncement regarding the future redemption of israel he's the one who gave that announcement to to daniel and so here he is again giving another announcement he also obviously gave the announcement about john but that's his sort of running theme.
1: and how is this in this bit of the story how is it different how so he announces to mary greetings you who are fi- highly favored the lord is with you um and mary's greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be did you guys think about what that might mean why do you, she's troubled i mean zechariah um is terrified when he sees the angel whereas mary's kind of reaction is slightly
2: different isn't it so i read that when she was troubled it's because she was surprised to hear the angel saying such word extravagant words about her he said that she's highly favored that the lord is with her and that she's blessed and so it's it's a very humble way to react to what the angel has said to her
1: And what do you think it means that she's highly favoured? I mean, we kind of, we know that for some people, they think that, because there's another way, there's another translation, which is full of grace. And I know that um, some people, especially from the Catholic faith, think that this means that Mary is kind of some kind of source of grace for people. What do you make of that?
0: Yeah, I read up on that a little bit and it was really clear in what I read that it's God That places his favor on her so it's nothing from within her but it's something that god um almost pours upon her and i guess that also leads to her response of me you know she i guess she sees herself realistically doesn't she and thinks i'm not worthy of this what what is that about so yeah i i think it's really important that we see that that's poured out from god onto mary
1: yeah and then Uh, Gabriel delivers the big news okay so you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus he will be great and will be called son of the most high and and so on do Mary's kind of response to this because like we said she's a completely ordinary humble girl living in a completely ordinary place um how is her reaction so she says how will this be and last week we saw that Zechariah when he kind of seemed to question the angel the angel kind of um almost punished him didn't he for that but here Gabriel just kind of carries on explaining to her what's going to happen. What what do you think the difference is between these two kind of reactions to the news?
3: I think the difference here is that Mary asks what she asks in wonderful faith. Whereas Zechariah had been from skeptical unbelief. You know, Mary's question in verse 34 is, and how will this be since I am a virgin? But it could also be, how would this be since I do not know a man? So she almost seems to assume Joseph's non-involvement, you know, And, and we have to remember that she asks this question knowing I am already betrothed to a man, so I'm effectively married to another person if he's not going to be involved, that's going to involve immense social repercussions for me, social, legal, spiritual repercussions for me. And so the question wasn't, what's going to happen to me? It was, how are you going to achieve this, even though I'm already betrothed to this man who I'm presuming isn't going to be involved? It was more asked out of faith. Yes, I I believe this is going to happen. How is it going to happen? Rather than, I very much, which is Mary's response, whereas Zachariah's response was very much more, but that can't happen because I'm super old.
1: Yeah, it's, thanks Helen, that's really worth noticing, isn't it, like how much this news would have impacted Mary because of the situation she's in, because she knows that to bear a child without being married, uh, I mean, it, according to Levitical law, would, would, could mean stoning and death. Um might not have done but probably would have meant a lot of suspicion and kind of just living under a cloud um and so yeah just her kind of humble questioning rather than disbelief is yeah is um yeah that's really helpful um and then like the holy uh sorry the angel gives her the answer of what's going to happen so the holy spirit's going to come on you overshadow you and the holy one to be born will be called the son of god how is this bit kind of a little similar to what happened with Zechariah last week when he talks about what's happened with Elizabeth how is that kind of a kindness to Mary it feels really different to Elizabeth to me because Elizabeth
0: was felt like she was socially excluded because she didn't have a child whereas Mary's going to be socially excluded because she's going to have this child. Do you see what I mean? So actually the contrast is quite strong, isn't it? The child Mm. for is the answer to the prayers that she's been praying for all these years. Now, we know that this child is the answer to the prayers Mary's been praying for a lot of years, but in a really different way. But it just feels like the cost to her is massive.
3: But I guess Mm. in that, the the elizabeth's pregnancy is a kindness in a see, nothing you know it was that nothing will be impossible with god type thing like look at what's happened to elizabeth god can do that so do what he's
1: promised to be mm. yeah because at this point mary probably wouldn't have known That Elizabeth was pregnant so it was almost like for Mary this would be confirmation that God is a miracle maker and I guess as she goes and sees this physical evidence of that because she we know that next time we're going to look at her going to see Elizabeth like this baby growing in Elizabeth's womb would have kind of been a sign for Mary I wonder like okay well he's done that so he can do that in me as well. Because, you know, pregnancy is such a silent thing at the beginning, isn't it? Like, it. I wonder how different she actually felt after it happened for a while and stuff. So actually going and seeing that physical sign, um, I think I would have found it really helpful.
0: Can I just geek out a little bit on the word overshadowed? Because I think that... Um it's the same word that is used in creation where, you know, we read in Genesis that the spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters and then like called forth creation. And it's that same sort of idea and that same sort of word of the way that God's going to do this is the same way that he created the whole universe. And so I wonder whether Mary would have, in whatever the language was, would have heard that differently than the way we do and would have seen that's going to be the same sort of act as the way God created the world.
3: Yeah and I think it's really important to understand the meaning of that word overshadow particularly for those of us who are working with cousins of other faiths because this is a big deal for them like one of the things that they would say is that okay so Jesus is the son of God so you mean that God had sex with Mary. And so the meaning of this word, overshadowed, to sort of cover with a cloud, like the the visible uh, manifestation of the glory and the presence of God, it's that vision of um, you know the cloud before the Israelites in Exodus. It's that it's the cloud that filled the temple, the same power that was with Moses and um, the the exiles in the wilderness is now going to work in Mary's life. It's that kind of thought rather than yeah anything else and I think it's really important Mm. that we understand that especially around time of Christmas where there are more opportunities to discuss this kind of thing to be aware of people of other faiths and how they might look at this.
2: Yeah, because even uh, for the original readers at the time, Luke especially was writing to Gentiles and for the Greek and Roman readers at the time, they would have heard lots of stories about um, the gods uh, having sexual relations with humans. And so that this, it seems like, Luke is very purposefully saying, no, that did not happen here. Um, This is divine intervention with this overshadowing.
1: Great. So that's kind of taken us uh, through the narrative. I love verse 38. Let's just have a quick look at Mary's character in this. Um, We already said, didn't we, just how she answers the angel in faith, how she seems to be like a really humble um faithful young girl um what did you make of verse 38 it feels a little bit like a the
0: model response doesn't it to when Um, god into when god enters into our world in ways that we aren't expecting and it almost blows up the expected path that we see before us which and this was a beautiful wonderful thing wasn't it but it had hard consequences for mary but it but hard providences enter our lives or really difficult circumstances this I just find this so challenging that she's able to say okay God let it be to me according to your word um yeah it's an amazing response isn't it
1: yeah yeah it's interesting, isn't it? Last week we were talking about how when Zechariah sing, uh, sings a song when John the Baptist is born, the song is primarily about Jesus. I think we can probably say that about this passage too. I mean, obviously, I think we're meant to see that Mary is really a special person and that um, God has really given her a lot of grace. Um, but I think it'd be really good for us now to just think what. Do we learn about Jesus in this passage? Um, Yeah, and then we'll talk about kind of our response to that. I guess the
0: things that really struck me in the description that
1: um, Gabriel gives is he's going to
0: be the forever king, isn't he? And like we've mentioned, Mary knew her scriptures and she knew how significant this was. And it's an amazing thing, isn't it? To think that she's going to carry the baby that's going to be the... The ruler that's going to reign forever from the house of David, because that's what the Jewish people are waiting for. That's there's been all, like we talked about last week, there's been this long silence where they've not heard from God and they're still waiting for the promised king that's going to rule forever. And I think what Gabriel says helps Mary to see that jesus that's who jesus is going to be and
3: i think that comparison
0: that line of david
3: thing also reinforces that the fact that mary was so ordinary because who was david david was a shepherd boy who was so insignificant to his father (laughs) that he didn't even call him when samuel asked him you know which sons do you have that i can anoint to be king and he had to be called in from the bush and just you know mary was an ordinary girl but she was called to
2: great things And I just think it's just incredible because this is the moment that the Holy One, the Son of God is coming into this world and he's coming for his enemies. He's coming for, um, yeah, people that have turned away from him. I think... (laughs) because we're in the lead up to Christmas it's just amazing that he's doing this amazing task in this incredible uh, breaking science way using an ordinary person yeah I just just in awe of his plan and how he's um, ordered each step and um, Mary is so willing to receive consequences to what might happen um after she's found to be pregnant
3: and that that greatness of his birth that astoundingness of his birth gabriel says here will be born out in his life doesn't he you know just his name jesus means jehovah saves and then when it says in the next section uh, verse 32 he will be great it's not just a oh he's going to be great it's a be extraordinary he's going to be splendid he's going to be magnificent he will you know manifest the very glory of God he'll be the son of the most high you know no one is more higher and more exalted and more powerful and and he's going to reign forever
0: this is beyond just a he's going to be a great person I guess the other thing it's worth saying is that with that overshadowing and that fact that this birth is going to be so supernatural that's also isn't it going to be a breaking of the line of sin and death which you know adam's line is that line of sin and death isn't it and that's been promised that one day god will come and crush that and there will be um, a new adam and so in that overshadowing and where it says that the child will be holy the son of god it's like this is the new creation that we've been waiting for and the mm. new line which again if when you know Mary would have read her old testament she knew that's been promised and how amazing it
1: must have been for her to think wow that's going to come from me mm. Mm. and it mentions it uh, mentions at the beginning of the passage doesn't it twice so even before we find out Mary's name um so it's to a virgin pledged to be married and then again the virgin's name was Mary um and I read something that was um, John Piper actually, who was saying that it's important that, that she, that we see here that this, this baby is going to be fully man and fully God. Cause it, you know, in the same kind of bit, we see that he's going to be son of the most high. So we see straight away this, this baby um, is fully divine and fully human and it's really hard to get our heads around what that actually means it's just mind blowing isn't it and it's and it's this this should really impact us shouldn't it i guess my i think the danger for me as we head towards christmas is that i start thinking about gifts and i start thinking about you know plans and christmas dinner and all of this stuff um and really i think reading this we should think, what should our response be to this story? Like, how can this impact me? So that when when we're actually in the hullabaloo of Christmas, we don't forget what it's all about. Um, so how can this passage in particular impact our Christmas?
2: I read something really, I found really helpful from Spurgeon. He said, in, in some sense, we take the same position spiritually in which mary took up physically so mary physically had jesus within her we spiritually have jesus within us mary physically had the word in her and we spiritually have the word in us and also that mary physically made jesus visible to the world and we spiritually make jesus visible to the world And, yeah, I found that really helpful.
0: Yeah. The other thing that I found helpful was Mary's submission to God's purposes and and the spiritual work that God wanted to do as opposed to her own agenda of, well, I I had a really nice wedding planned and we weren't going to have children for a little while or, you know, whatever that agenda was. And yet she so quickly submits that to God's spiritual purposes for good, for the whole world. And that's it's helpful, isn't it, to just keep remembering God's purposes aren't always our purposes and God's ways aren't always our ways, but are we prepared to submit our prideful view of how things should go to his um, better ways for the world? And yeah, there's loads of ways that at Christmas we can become obsessed, can't we, with our prideful view of how christmas should play out but actually what does it look like to be a servant of the lord in this season
1: Uh,
0: and i think the other
3: thing is about how we look at christmas this is a real rebuke to how i think we can be tempted to look at christmas even as christians we say that we um honor and value jesus and that it's really about his birth but if we couldn't get our kids any gifts how would we feel, you know, and so this is like, no, this is not just some baby born in some good-for-nothing town in Israel, this is God himself come to us, and the things that he has come to do are incredible, you know, Mary knew her scriptures and so began to connect the dots, and so we can look at the scriptures now and connect the dots and just see this is so important to us. This has been paired for throughout the entire, the whole history of the world. It's not just something, it's just not, it's not just a nice holiday where we go to church on Christmas Day and sing nice Christmas carols and say, Yay, Jesus was born. This had eternal, this moment had eternal consequences.
1: And I guess like, uh, I don't know about you guys, I think it's probably the same, but in the culture that I live, they don't really do this time of year. They don't really celebrate Christmas. And in some ways that's really hard, but in some ways it's really refreshing because it's not a big kind of, there's not snowy ornaments in the shops and there's not Christmas music blaring out. And it's actually a very kind of quiet, almost personal and more special affair here. And it just feels very mundane as well. Like, you know, most people are going around their everyday business and we're celebrating this really important thing. And and so this story kind of reminds me of that, that, you know, God entered the mundane, like the mundane meets the spiritual boom. And it changed the world. You know, look at us. We're all from different places, different backgrounds, and it's completely changed our lives. And it can change anybody's lives who comes to see, who Jesus is, that he has come to save us, Jehovah saves. Like really this story, yeah, uh, it's why we're where we are, isn't it? And I, I really hope that as people are studying this with us, that again, we're kind of lit up about how amazing it is that God came and he chose humble people and chose humble places and he can use us too. So, yeah, looking forward to carrying on the story um, with you guys. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.